to on, say hold it. on, hold on, hold on. Let me try it again. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a little bit uh, a little sultry. You get a very breathy. breathy. Very breathy. Corny, be honest. Are you ever turned on a little when you hear the well, well, well from your sisters? Slightly. Don't, don't make me answer this in front of Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gross. David Sedaris did a bit about a book based on this same basic storyline. It was called Next really? to Kin. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but Courtney's been wearing all these like tits out tops lately. And I find myself distracted by her boobs. And then I'm like, okay, this is so inappropriate. This did happen to me at Texas Roadhouse last night. I did look at them for a solid three seconds. Yeah. This is the only narrative that could disappoint our parents more. <laughs> is, is what? You wearing immodest clothing or Without us having a next of kin? <laughs> feels like type scenario. Hey, it would be great for the pod, though. All things morality, as, yeah. morality aside, ratings would spike, and then uh, your whole demographic would shift. And yeah, then ratings and then ratings would plummet because I think you'd you all be from Patreon to OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the journey. Clearly, we have a full house today. We have not only GTIB. Formerly, or I guess formerly known as GTIB, Courtney Grow. The rebrand. <laughs> or Courtney Grow.w. Sorry, Courtney Grow.w. And her plus one, her forever plus one. Welcome it's to the true. pod, Wyatt. Hey, eternal thank flame. you. Thank you so much. I am very pleased to be both Courtney's eternal flame and on the pod today. You know, the, I think the public is very curious about one Wyatt Grow. And we only have him for a precious 10 minutes. So we got to just get out as many questions as we can for the enigma himself. Mm -hmm. I thought it wasn't like Wyatt answering his own questions. I thought it was just him supporting my questions. Uh, I'm not really sure that he needed like his own spotlight. Wyatt has an identity outside of you, Courtney. Guaranteed that if given the chance, they would have a lot of questions for me, mostly pertaining to you which I would be happy to answer probably with more candor than your public is ready for. <laughs> Wyatt was described to me when I was dating him as jokingly the Prince of Provo. Yeah, obviously very jokingly. I can't even believe that term was used, but yeah. And I was like, why is he the Prince of Provo? I was just laughing. Lisa Chance. I don't know if Lisa Chance listened to this, but she's one of Wyatt's oldest friends and described him as the Prince of Provo. Probably because he had kissed most of the girls in Provo. Oh, for sure. Okay. He was like Provo's okay. biggest slut. Provo's okay. biggest slut. I think that's like it was like the nice framing of Provo's biggest slut. Yeah, totally. Okay. My mom, remember when mom, I was dating Wyatt and Wyatt as a 27-year-old single man in Mormon culture, he was shirking responsibilities. Yeah. So there's this term in Provo and they're called Provo All-Stars and they are in like their late 20s and they just wait for like a new crop of college freshmen to come in. And then every year they just start dating the new young hotties. But when I was getting married to Wyatt or when we were getting engaged, my mom, who wasn't a Wyatt fan initially, asked me if he was a Provo professional. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know what to say. Wyatt, do I you mean, have a rebuttal? Well, it's sure. What you say is, firstly, it's a full, flat denial, like Trump style, just deny, <laughs> deny, deny. And then, secondly, you could have rhapsodized to her about some of my positive qualities. Those being? Then, 
And then we wouldn't have had that ghastly, may I marry your daughter conversation. For a full-time saleswoman, you really didn't have the sales skills to sell them on Wyatt back in the day. <laughs> oh, I didn't. And no joke, Laura, we should talk about this because when Wyatt asked to marry me, asked my dad if he could marry me, he, like my parents knew it was coming. He sat both of them down. I was upstairs. Lauren, do you want to tell everyone where you were? I was at the top of the stairs, Lauren listening the to the conversation, <laughs> transcribing the whole thing via text. And yes. what happened in that conversation, Lauren? They told him they would talk to him later, that they'd let him know. They'd let him know. We'll get back to you in four to <laughs> six business weeks. <laughs> That's how I feel like I always know that why it was like, I was willing to just walk away from everything to be with the Y guy. Let's start all over. Oh, sweetie. Yeah. Hey, I, hold on. Going back to that already, we've gone over the chat with the parents talk so many times, but did you send Lauren to sit at the top? Obviously, Lauren is there. She's undetected. Did you want Lauren to be there instead of you? Because if you heard something, you might leap up and get involved or... Like, why did you send Lauren instead of yourself? Thousand percent. Gotcha. And in retrospect, and here's the thing. I think we should throw this in here now. My mother has since apologized and Wyatt is probably, Wyatt is definitely her favorite member of the family. I think she's more obsessed with Wyatt than me. Absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. Wyatt. It's like her grandkids and then Wyatt. So Wyatt, my mom loves Wyatt all is well now, but Basically, the conversation was so rough that it was the only time after that conversation that I've ever seen you cry, Wyatt. Yeah, when we were talking about you were, (laughs) if we're going to be fully honest, I was led to believe during the conversation that you were basically on death's door and you (laughs) you were going to wither up in my arms any day. And I would just have to kiss you sweetly and lay you down in the grave. Like it was a, it was a walk to remember. Yeah, it, I, wait, it wait. was. Can I, can I, re, can I recap how this went down? Hold on. Sure. I to, okay, go ahead. But I also need to, sh- okay, go ahead. Well, I think basically what happened was Courtney had a mild case of low iron, like anemia. <laughs> and during the conversation, our dear mother was like, are you aware that Courtney has severe anemia and you need like the best health insurance money and God can buy, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> just in case the worst happens. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, I can tell you all the benefits and deductibles of my catastrophic only health plan that I'm able to afford as a recently graduated entrepreneur. History major. History major, starting a wedding rental company. Okay, so Wyatt, my mom says that to Wyatt. I come downstairs and Wyatt looks like he's seen a ghost. He's like asking me if I have health problems I've never told him about. And at this point in time, Wyatt and I have been together for what, 16 months? Like we've been together for over a year. And I think you had been rattled to your core, which was maybe Deb's objective. Here's the deal. So I I definitely have a role to play in that conversation, not going like super swimmingly. I'm just not, uh, I'm not a public displays of affection person, nor am I like a praise my partner up and down publicly. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. We'll get to that. I say I save that stuff for where when it really counts. For never. For never. <laughs> no, but I, I didn't do a great job, I think, conveying to your parents how much I loved you and how impressed I was with you and how 
I was just, I was a little bit lazy about it or cool. And so I think I don't, I'm not going to say that I, that like they were just reading off of me and that they didn't come already loaded with some of their designs, but I could have done better in that setting. Tell the audience how long the talk was. Oh, what? Two hours more? I thought it was, it, was long. it was long. I thought it was a three-hour conversation. It could uh, have t- been. Wait, since we're just spilling all the tea on this podcast, can I just <laughs> say my favorite line from this whole conversation? Okay, so I think one of the big gripes our parents had was that he had waited a whole year to propose. And in Mormon culture, that's a hell of a long time. You're basically making this poor 22-year-old who's on her last few years of eligibility. Good. Yeah, last few good years. So I was 21 at the time. Annoyed. 21, yeah quick to expire at 22, 23. And so they were frustrated that Wyatt made her wait a full year before getting a ring on her finger. And this led them also to believe that there wasn't enough, let's just say, sensual attraction between the two of them. Like perhaps the fact that he had waited so long was some indication Uh that he didn't, he wasn't ready to jump those bones as much as they'd prefer. During the conversation, During the conversation, I just hear from the top of the stairs, one of our parents, I won't say who, but it came from a feminine voice. uh, (laughs) The woman said uh, she wanted to know why it had taken so long. And then I just remember the distinct sentence, I'm talking about the passion. The The passion. passion. The passion. Oh, my stomach just flipped. Why Why did it take so long? And I'm talking about the passion. (laughs) It took that long for a number of reasons, none of which have to do with the passion. Namely, I'm loath to make decisions that cannot easily be unmade. And I considered marriage in to Courtney to be one of those decisions. So I just didn't want to make it. And I was very determined to date whoever I was going to marry without being engaged for at least one year, just just because it seemed prudent. And with those two parameters, that's why it took that long. That's a pretty dispassionate, I, I would say, approach to love, but one I just entirely think, reasonable. I just think why it wasn't crazy enough about Courtney. That's really what it was. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're this family... Man, you guys and your, (laughs) you guys will pronounce, like you will let anything come out of your mouth with no intention to back it up, with no real respect for the meaning of words. And I just speak in a more measured way. I try to choose my words carefully. And like when we were dating, full disclosure, I would just try to get him to say he was crazy about me. Like that, those exact words. (laughs) I'm crazy about you. What did he say, Courtney? He would just be like, what does that even mean? I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, this is from a guy who's like, I love you so much. Like, basically a lot of normal things that a person says when they're romantically engaged. But the, the very phrase, I'm crazy about you, was a real sticking point for her. <laughs> will and- you say it now on this podcast? Will you say it over the airwaves? Oh, yeah. Say I- it. Am so crazy about Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can you guys, hey, can you guys edit that later to take all the wavering out of my voice? Because that was really hard. We can try. We'll need to hire a sound engineer. <laughs> oh, awesome! On Craigslist. Thank you. 
Yeah. I just feel like we were raised to expect that our husband one day or our boyfriend one day would be like basically mentally ill, would walk to the (laughs) ends of the earth, would walk a thousand miles through rain, snow, fire, brimstone to just even be with us for one moment to feel our tender touch. I mean, our future spouse would have the romantic energy of a Lifehouse song, correct? (laughs) How about the quote that mom had over the fireplace? (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Okay, over our fireplace, I don't know who wrote this, but there's some poem. But then at the end of the poem, they interchange the name for instead of who the actual poet wrote it about, Deborah, my mother. And it's like, and Courtney will do the reading, but it's just basically about, oh my gosh, it's just so funny because it's literally the opposite of why it's approached to love and honestly, Kagan's. And I don't know how Courtney and I both fell in with the most rational and measured men of all time, but this poem basically says that like, there is only one woman and it is like every part of her, every detail is, is perfection. And she is my one true love. And it is only her. And she is the only one under the sun with whom I could be twain with. Anyway, it's okay, pretty hard. We need to say too, that this wasn't like displayed in their bedroom or like no. in her closet. This is like over in our family room. Literally over the main fireplace <laughs> in our house. Like a library light over it. I just think we should acknowledge before we read this poem that we read this in envy, a place of deep. um, These are just the great expectations we were born with. Yeah, this is all twinged with a little bit of bitterness that we don't have men in our lives like this who would recite this type of poetry, let alone hang it above our mantles. No relationship that we ever have will match our mothers and our fathers. Without further ado, (laughs) let's read this. This stunning poem. Okay, here we go. This is a quote from Camelot. Speaking, I'm going to speak as Arthur. Proposition. (laughs) If I could choose from every woman who breathes on this earth, the face (laughs) I would most love, the smile, the touch, the heart, the voice, the laugh, the soul itself, every detail and feature to the last strand of hair, they would all be Deborah's. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I mean, it's a lot to live up to, Wyatt. (laughs) Uh, had i but read that quote before having that talk i think i would have known how to play it you could have literally just said that exact script and my they probably wouldn't have even noticed that you were reading the picture about the fireplace it would have been like (laughs) you got her approved (laughs) like they did with ashley okay well i think this is an important end to the story is that ashley got engaged three weeks later and my brother-in-law derek made one phone call and they're like we're so excited for you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> you have our total blessing. Yeah. You know what? It's just, it's all family folklore at this point. But unfortunately, Pop Apologist, Wyatt, he only had 10 minutes. I guess he's going to remain mysterious. Maybe potentially we can have him on again before the end of 2020. Yeah. Wyatt, you're the best. Okay. Thank Love you guys. Got to go. Bye. Love you. All right. So Wyatt has left. I guess he will remain mysterious. Yeah. But we still have the star, the star of Instagram, of our family at least, Courtney Grow. Truly. Incorrect. People have a lot of questions for you, Courtney. They still feel like they don't know everything about you. (laughs) Unlike Chandler and I. I literally had to get a court order injunction to keep you guys out of my delivery room the third time. (laughs) That's how much you guys know about me. (laughs) Delivery room. Oh, man. Honestly, yeah, no regrets there whatsoever. No regrets. 
in the corner and then Chandler after I say people can be in there but I would feel more comfortable if people weren't looking if they were just like standing behind me and I think James was one hour old when Chandler was like yeah I looked I totally looked I looked at <laughs> that's just our family no boundaries I mean nothing just a, com- a complete lack then- of respect for things that really matter to each other yeah. to top it off James was maybe four hours old when mom, who I had said, please don't film anything. I don't want anything filmed. was just like, I filmed it. <laughs> Mom's like, I have the whole thing on video. Just in case. I have the whole thing on video. <laughs> at least you know we care, Courtney. We care enough to look at the old, the, I was about to say the old vag. The, wow. the beautiful vagina, vagine. And we care enough to video the entrance of James into the world. I a- don't care enough about my personal request for privacy. Yeah. Sorry, it was don't superseded by the beautiful moment. In the family by far. You're the most private? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen you completely naked. Something I yeah, can't I say about anyone else in this family. Had... You guys, you, Chandler and Lauren, you guys both have, you're very, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Just say it. Very, like, a lot of people have seen you naked, so it's all okay. Just, <laughs> you know, be naked whenever. Oh, you're slut shaming us? Okay, yeah. here we go. It's Sorry, you didn't have wild days of your youth like we did. No regrets, baby. No regrets. Seriously, looking back, I would change. I would change nothing in my life, but meeting the person you're going to marry at the tender age of twenty definitely changes the whole trajectory of your youth. Yeah, this is what Chandler and I were talking about yesterday. Provo is such a strange place because it seems totally normal to meet the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with at 20. But looking back on that, looking like you've met the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with at, at 20, and you do lose out on basically a decade of experiences and self-development and growth and learning about who you are and meeting a bunch of different people. I actually think if you meet the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with at 20, it's a sacrifice personally. It's not necessarily... I don't know. It's not all around a positive thing. I personally feel like I just got really lucky. Yeah. Because I married someone who was really open to traveling and to a shift of belief systems. Like, uh-huh. yeah, we very much. You guys like grew up, grew and evolved together really nicely. Yes. I think I'm, well, I'm married to somebody without a huge ego and he's very personally what's the word? He's just personally open to development and change. And he's not, not stubborn at all. You know, he is very, he's extremely stubborn, but he's not self-righteous in any way. And he doesn't have the typical, I want to be a person who's always known exactly what the plan is. And if I change or deviate or go off course, that's going to make the rest of my life look weird or you're going to reflect on me. Why so, is just generally very open to new experiences. You definitely chose extremely well. And I don't think that Chandler nor I, if we had chose the, the person that we were dating at 20, we would be for sure going through I would like be a, on a marriage number three crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have, yeah, maybe a lot more money, but. <laughs> I would, I'd never say I didn't get extremely lucky. And looking back, I just think, why did anyone let me get married yeah like why did they act like that was normal yeah like why wasn't mom's main argument against me getting married it's just like you are so young like 
Exactly. Like you need to figure out who you are. You need to be fully self-supporting. You need to learn what it is to be an independent person and then meet someone fully in your power, like becoming a partnership. Yeah. Uh a thousand percent. Mom, though, like mom did not have that experience herself at all. So she was never yeah. equipped to give us that. And I think that's what's interesting is in Mormon culture, it's very much like these people who are basically they were just children. They were just 17 year olds. Now, before they become independent, autonomous adults, let's have them commit themselves legally to another person. Like it's almost like they enter marriage without becoming adults first. And I think that you really luck out if it works out because I know that I've just grown so much in the past decade. Definitely. And although Jesus is an icon to me, I don't quote him as often as I'd like to. And not being able to have kids right away or when we wanted to. So we got married and we probably waited two and a half years to start trying for kids And it ended up taking about two and a half more years to have kids. And like that five-year chunk to me, I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah, you got married and you waited five years to start having kids. But only two and a half of it was by choice. Wasn't, I felt like you started at 27 and you got married at 22. I got, yeah, I got married at 22. I had James at 27. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Court, so in that vein, you chose well. So what advice would you give to people like me who are like in the process of choosing? The best advice for me is to pick the person who you would want to live in a tent with. Like money saves, looks saves, anything can happen at any point in time. And Wyatt is the person who I would love, who I would be most happy being absolutely definitely poor with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Like the personality he has the best personality of any man I ever dated. So pick the person you want to live in a tent with. And I think being compatible in terms of your, this is getting technical and less romantic, but I think one thing I've noticed from- Inches my, matter. What? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I made it dark. Creepy. So creepy. I think something that's really important is a compatibility of like, what size house do you think you both would- yeah. Yeah. Okay. What kind of car do you see yourself driving? What kind of family vacations do you mm-hmm. picture taking? Mm-hmm. And Wyatt and I came from somewhat similar socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And yep. like as as unromantic as it sounds, like he thinks I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Like he thinks that it's fine to go out to dinner three times. Right. Yeah. Right. It's those things. Yeah. And if you didn't grow up thinking that was okay, I could see how that would place a lot of. Oh my gosh. And there are still differences. Like he called me yesterday to explain the features of a Toyota Sienna and why he thinks I should get that car instead of my car. (laughs) We definitely don't. It's definitely not a complete lineup, but. Right. Far and away. Like we see money the same way. Yeah. I remember one time mom and dad came into in town to Utah and they took us out to dinner or to lunch. They just took us out to a casual lunch. We were in Park City as a family and we were like, oh, we just got lunch. And dad paid for lunch. 
And I remember my boyfriend at the time pulled me aside. I was like 24. And he was like, just so you know, like one day when we have a family, like that's not going to be a thing for us. That like your dad just casually paid for a couple, a lunch that cost a couple hundred dollars. That's not normal. Like that we're going to pack lunches just so you know, like I wasn't raised with that. And like, I'm never going to make that much money. And I just want you to be aware of these little things. And it's true. If you aren't raised with the same expectations of lifestyle, that can create huge friction down the road. And kudos to him for his honesty. I was just going to say. Totally. I think that's really important as I like get a little bit older. And as you date as, as an adult, you get to have like those conversations like a little bit more frankly than you do when you're super young. Well, and I think that when you're super young, and this is why Courtney's so lucky she picked the right person at 20, when you're super young, you can have a lot of ideals about yourself totally. and think you're a certain way, but not actually be that self-aware. Like, I don't think I really understood the value of just being comfortable and not having to stress about money until I was in my late 20s, which is so late. And so, yeah, you're just so lucky, Courtney, or I guess it's kudos to you that you had that self-awareness early on. Well, and we grew up, obviously, dad was a successful lawyer and still is. But there is something to be said, and I've looked back at this with real gratitude for mom and dad, that at some point in time, like around college, basically for me at 18, I didn't have a car in college till I was engaged. That really dried up because I feel like getting married and having Wyatt provide those things for me was so fabulous. Like, I wasn't looking back on my time with mom and dad thinking like, wow, my dad did such a better job providing for me than my husband is doing now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a real important maturation is to be able to be married to someone and not looking back on your childhood and thinking like that was the most exciting enjoyable, easy part of life. I, I don't yeah, know. I know totally. Yeah. like there are a lot of girls out there that just, I'm sure they're looking at their life and just being like, my dad could do this better. And I think our dad is amazing and he did do a great job. I'm so grateful for that period of my life when I was like, so, I mean, true story. When Wyatt and I were dating, I had less than $300 in my checking account. And I remember he left an ATM deposit slip on the seat of his car and he had and it took my breath away at the time, $5,000 in his checking account, which true, which completely and absolutely blew my mind. And we got married a little bit later. And then I'm not kidding you. I, I am not making this up. His dad called him and he was on the phone with his dad. And I heard him under the words, just be like, yeah, I have that $5,000 you had me hold on to. I'll write you a check and pay pay it back to you like but truly like Wyatt's always had the brain to where I've never been worried about money even when we didn't have very much money I always knew that like that Wyatt had the capabilities so I don't think you should marry for money but marry you should never marry for money but you should absolutely marry conscious of how money will impact your lifestyle and if like money is the number one reason people fight so it could ruin your relationship to have a bunch of money. Stri- yeah, don't marry for money, but marry for financial responsibility. There's such a difference between those two things. And that didn't click for me until I was in my late 20s, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And money has absolutely been like mine and why it's probably favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Number one disagreement. Yeah. Like, if anybody who follows me knows, like I like clothes and I like nice things and they have a value to me that why it doesn't see. Yeah. So like we have had absolutely our fair share of fights about money. 
What's so nice about it now is all of that money that you spent on clothes that he thought was exorbitant, it was actually just investing in your future business. Jokes on him. Jokes on him. Keep spending it, ladies. It's going towards your future brand. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I started this account not to make money. I started this account on a kind of a whim, a wild hair right before I had the twins. Looking back, I have no idea what inspired me to take something on this right before I took on like the other most giant project of my life. But I am completely and truly following exactly what I'm passionate about. I don't have a formula. I don't have a routine. I don't make a schedule. I Mm -hmm. don't plan my content. I don't follow the money. I don't look at the analytics. I just wake up every morning and post what I would would look at if I didn't even have this account. Yep. And this is literally what you've been doing forever. And yeah. it's it is unique. Like I personally don't like shopping. I don't like looking for clothes online, and I actually love the fact that I have the convenience of you will just tell me what to wear. Like it's huge. And I think that you offering that like basically service to the masses is incredible because there are a lot of people like me who just who don't want to look online for clothes, who are want to look cute, but they just don't have the time or they're just not that interested. You always look great, but I think I can relate to this because I feel the similar about my home. I know what I like and I know when mm-hmm. I see it, but I have no clue where to find it. No clue if it's worth the money. No clue if I'm not going to find something that I don't like better and if I search for another 30 minutes. So I'm trying to give myself that as a framework for what and how I present things is what I would like to see about interiors. Yeah. Having someone who can tell you what will look good, where, and what you need, it actually, whether it's in your home or on your body, it's such a value add. Thanks, sis. I'm not, I, I'm obsessed with my job and I'm so grateful that I've been able to turn it into a job. I'm still spending more than I make, but you know, it's been, it's a great offset. Absolutely. On the, on the topic of clothes and looking good, there's one question someone had. They wanted to know, since she looks fabulous 24 seven, curious what she wears to lounge. Is it equally as fabulous? (sighs) I would love to answer this question Mm -hmm. and then I'll have you chime in. Courtney? Yeah, you've been living with me. Courtney is extremely annoying in this respect. Like, it is actually infuriating because I will come upstairs at 7 a.m. and Courtney will be in literally stiff Levi's. It's so annoying. It's the most annoying characteristic about her to date. Like, 7 a.m. Ribcage denim. She's in ribcage denim, everybody. And a corset top with puff sleeves, like basically looks incredible. And it is just unfathomable to me that you put on uncomfortable clothing before 9 a.m. I don't even know if she's gone to the bathroom yet. (laughs) I hate to be graphic, but I I don't know if she's even done it. Courtney doesn't wear loungewear. And if she does put on pajamas, let's say it's 1030 p.m. at night, it's Hill House Home or whatever or Shop Doe and PJs. That's totally the truth. I do love, here's my problem. I'm running this Instagram account, that, which at least takes me 40 hours a week, if I'm being honest. Since you guys have been there, I think you can tell that it's- Oh eight. yeah, you work all day. We've like all been holed up working together. All day. I have four kids. 
And the one thing I've honestly just had to let go of currently is working out because I just cannot fathom where to fit it in. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm really, some days I'll be good and wake up early. If I don't wake up early, I just almost feel like it's my, it's just my only way to pivot myself into like turbo mode. Like I yeah. have to get dressed. If I don't get dressed, it, I just feel like my whole speed is just slower and lower. And I rarely have time for makeup these days. So I feel like getting dressed is like the only way I can like signal to myself of it's game on. I think you did put on your makeup yesterday at about 3.30, which I appreciated. It was a moment of real honesty for for me yeah. to see. Real humanness. Yeah, but she's she'll be fully dressed without her makeup or hair done. And... I, I either I want to look like a slob, I want to be so comfortable, or I'm going to transform completely. But I can't do yeah. the hybrid approach. I will approach. say, actually, I've been able to do the hybrid approach more because of my job. I think I do have to, I have to get dressed every single day for my job or else I will do a bad job at my job. Yeah, it, I really do think it like, it's like brushing my teeth. It just, it's a pivot. Yeah. Like you just, you just don't feel like good about your, you don't feel good until you do. Ideally, if I wasn't spread so thin in this stage of my life, I would start with a workout or a meditation or like a healthy breakfast. But from the minute I wake up, I have two kids that have to get to school. There's from 7am to 10am is by far the craziest chapter of my life. And I just rather reach 10.01 with jeans on. I'll never understand. Yeah, I never, I will never understand. Especially the jeans part. It's like even just a skirt with tights would be so much more oh, comfortable. Oh, not even, not for me. I love jeans. I feel like jeans are comfortable. Am I alone? Stiff, stiff Levi's? I don't know about like a wedgie icon jean before 7 a.m. Like I could put on a, yeah. <laughs> Grimaced, Lauren. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. I no. love a boyfriend jean. That's the way to go. Ease into it, Lauren. Start small. Start easy. Mm. I'll just stick with dresses. Okay, Courtney, someone wants to know, what do you actually want for Christmas actually it's in all caps like actually I have a bunch of things I want for Christmas and I post about every single one of them I my number one thing was that jacket I posted yesterday which I knew that I had hit the nail on the head when both of you were checking your credit card statements seeing if you could possibly buy it too do I have a line of credit do I have a line of credit big enough I guess I could get this credit card overnighted to me in time how how phenomenal was that jacket it's gorgeous it's really the, really pretty the problem is though i just have would have nowhere to wear it to yeah it, when you live in california or puerto rico it's not as practical it's ridiculous but i really yeah exactly I, part of my christmas list is byredo rose for no man's land i really have wanted that perfume for a while and have resisted buying it for myself so I would take that. I've heard really good things about the nano zip device that What's you can that? like, it's somebody was messaging yesterday saying that it's like a facelift, an instant facelift. Skincare is oh, just I don't need that. right now. I feel like I've really uncovered like my perfect routine and I'm just like reveling in that, which I'm making both of you try. And the, what would you guys say about it? I've already bought oh, it's half incredible. of it. I've already bought half of it on said credit and card. I f- I just want to say this, like Courtney's skin fully has had some sort of metamorphosis. Like you've always been beautiful, but your skin itself, the texture, the glowiness, everything about it, it has leveled up so much. There's a luster. I, like, I have to say a luster. It's like the oil cleansing and the LED mask. Anybody can DM me. I'll send you the link to both. 
I feel like the two of those have just, I feel like it's hit another level. Can I speak to the oil cleanser for a moment? Yeah. So I've been trying this since I landed this past weekend and I really struggle with moisturizer. I feel like I don't really know where it goes in my routine because there's sunscreen in the equation, whatever. It's complicated and I feel like I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. So I always go with something crappy. This oil moist, it's like a cleanser and a moisturizer and it is game changing. Like I put it on and then I don't need to put moisturizer on after and I can just like skip to sunscreen or my makeup and my skin is so supple. Like it's the only thing I actually, it's the only thing I want to do in the morning and it smells good and it's fresh. You will never go back. I have used Costco makeup wipes for a decade. Yeah. And I will never buy them again. Never again. It does not take off your mascara. That is a completely separate step of cleansing your face. I think most people like realize that at this point. And so we'll not do that, but there is a magical quality to this oil cleanser that it's basically putting me into like the skin stratosphere of enjoyment. (laughs) The skin stratosphere. Someone said that your skin looks like a glazed donut and I can attest it does in real life. So do you want to to walk us through a full skincare routine evening, morning and evening, or do you want to say that for you? I'll make it okay. really quick this morning. I'll just say exactly what I did this morning and what I plan to do tonight. And I do need to say that this is my job. So I switch things up. I try new products. This is part of what I enjoy. And I, and I think following somebody who tries new things is important because different things, first of all, different things work for different people. Different people have access to different products. Mm-hmm. And you may have like heard your best friend talk about something and then I talk about it and it's like, okay, I definitely want that. So I right. mix it up. This is what I'm currently obsessed with. So I wake up in this morning. The first thing I did was put on my LED mask for 10 minutes just before my kids were up and before I had to do anything. And I love, there's a specific one you guys can text me or DM me for the link. I like this one. I had a wand that I used and I think it maybe got taken out of my suitcase with TSA or, or I lost it during my move. I can't find it. So I moved to a flexible mask that I put over my face and it's fantastic because I can fall back asleep while I'm wearing it. Really? So I do the LED mask for 10 minutes. I wake up and I do my, <laughs> this is work. This is the part that I think people are going to like hate me the most for, but I have been loving my holistic oral care with my living libation <laughs> because I do think the mouth, your mouth is very connected with your skin. Uh-huh. I was having trouble with like a little perioral dermatitis from my nose. It was kind of just like bumpy and red. Okay. And it was like the corners of my eyes, the bottom of my nose, and a little bit of like in my smile lines, I would get, I think it was mask induced. I think like the humidity in my mask was setting my skin off. So I, one of the remedies for that I read online was you're supposed to not use toothpaste with fluoride. So when I saw this like skincare routine, I jumped at it for that reason. And I've been loving it. So I do a little bit of a tongue, I tongue scrape. I do a salt water gargle occasionally. I'm not that great at it, even though I think it does feel good oil pulling. Then I brush with my living libations, toothpaste and floss. Then I get a cotton round and I get it wet with warm water, pump three pumps of the best skin ever, sea buckthorn oil, circular, rub that around my face in circular motions. And then I rinse that cotton pad again. I don't add any more product. And then I go over my face a second time with that same 
product. After that, I put on five drops of this Mrs. Lady. I This is an, a very annoying product because I feel like it's hard to get. I bought it at Flora Farms in Mexico. It's an SPF toner. Chandler, we just used it this morning. It, it has what an oily texture yeah i like i don't even know how to describe it it's really nice and it goes on very smooth but it's yeah it's it's definitely has more oil than water texture to yeah. it i would say it's like an oil based thing it has spf 20 i don't know if i already said that and then i put on the hanicure nano it's a nano emulsion uh lotion on my face and honestly it is glazed donut is it not I, i'm looking at myself in the mirror currently and i'm still glassy it, it, there's something about it. And I would definitely, if I was going to go straight to makeup, I'm sure there would be like some, some powder necessary to like really make my look, not look too oily. But I think for days when I don't really have time to put on makeup or I'm just going about my day, I, it's my favorite skin ever. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to do this hyper speed because I feel like it's taking so long, but night I will do the oil cleanser again. Sometimes with that time, I'll just put the oil straight on my hands and massage it into my face. And then I will do the cotton pad routine with the warm cotton pad and more product, like a double cleanse at night. I've been doing that. Then I put on a little bit of my soon mermaid collagen mermaid serum. Then I do Clarence double serum. Then I do my Chantecai. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Then I do my Chantecai bio lifting. I don't have it in front of me. Little silver pot. And then I put on my Thomas Grove skin oil. So that's pretty intense. Oh, and then I've been doing cosmetics eye cream. So no, like zero, zero tretinoin or retin-A. I do, my skin does not handle it well. I have tried so many times and so slowly. And I just feel like I'm going through the flames every single time. Really? And yeah, I know everybody swears by it. I know it's a holy grail. I am looking at purchasing these oil capsules that have a little bit in them. I'm wondering if it like comes in an oil, if that, if my face will tolerate it better. But I, when I opened this up on my Instagram, I, most people really did say retinol is a game changer. A lot of dermatologists said you have to be using your retinol, but there were a few outliers that were just like, it thins your skin. I don't know why everybody's so crazy about it because ultimately what it does is thin your skin. Mm. And anyone who's getting older knows that is the last thing you want. Also, let's just be honest. I have really thin skin as it is, and I really can't get any thinner. You just have thin skin emotional. (laughs) I knew that. That's what we meant. It was just emotional. I'm going to throw this back and say that the women that I see online who have been doing Retin-A for 30 years look insane. You're probably so amazing. Like, you got to check out this woman. I think her handle is Miss Melissa 55. She's now 63 and her face is incredible. I'm and she's just been doing retin-A. Yeah, you got to check it out. M-I-S-S. So it's M-S-M-E-L-I-S-A-55. Check her out. She, I think she's 65. She's at least 63 at this point. Yeah, no, she looks beautiful. She looks beautiful. I do think, I, yeah. Like I said, I'm not a dermatologist. I've never had great luck with retinoids. She's obviously not just doing retinol. That's what she says. That's what she claims. Her only skin treatment is retinol. Correct. She says she doesn't do anything else. She says she doesn't do Botox because she has Crohn's disease. And she has never had a facelift. 
Do you think she still does like other serums and products and that? She has her full routine up and her routine is extremely minimal. I don't remember. I remember it's two things at night, one of them being Retin-A, like two things in the morning. No, she really does look beautiful. So anyway, I guess we're putting forth the case for oil capsules right now. I love following one of my favorite, my recent favorites is Noi Skincare. She has beautiful skin and I've been doing, I I think Gua Sha too is mind blowing for skin. I think it really helps de-puff and just help your skin. Like the warm tingly feeling you get after you do Gua Sha just feels so healthy. The minute what my, the hell is gua sha? Yeah, honestly, it sounds like some Reiki or Reiki BS. No, I, we saw you last night. You were gua shaing last night. Oh, you were gua shaing last night. That's right. Courtney, like I don't, I don't feel like anybody who's like under thirty really needs to pay attention to any of this. Just enjoy your youth. Oh, it's thank you so hard. much. I will. I just turned thirty. Yeah, so sad. So, do I need the LED mask? This is something. Like, is this something I should be maxing out my credit card for? I think the LED mask is so great for anyone. I feel like you and I, Chandler, have some more similar skin than me. Yeah, correct. I would recommend it more for you, Chandler, than for Lauren's skin. Oh, really? Because of acne prone and whatnot? For acne prone, I think it's better. We're both acne prone. Mm -hmm. Lauren's a little bit and not. (sighs) Lauren. She's had one tiny blemish on her face and she's had us both inspect it. Like she thought it was So this will go away? This is just going to scab over and go away? You promise? She's rubbing it in her up. Um, it's just I, a new experience. I, I needed help acne, navigating it. Both you and I are like a little more prone to redness, Chan, mm-hmm. and more prone to like pores. Let's just be real. Yeah, no, it's true. So, I mean, I think Chandler and I, I will say the one benefit of our skin is we have like natural oils, mm-hmm. which I we're, think is a benefit long-term. We're not craving lotion every 40 seconds for yeah. one. That's true. But it, there is some drawbacks and there are some benefits. Yeah, true. All right, let's move forward, you guys. Courtney, all things home decor. Love her vibe and style. What, from what I can tell, give us your home decor philosophy. Okay, so I've been working with foundation goods and we're putting together like a plan for my house. I'm probably an interior designer's worst nightmare because I'm highly opinionated and extremely picky, but I have no idea like how to find my own stuff. Like I know something good when I find it and I'll post it, but I could never just put together a plan. So when they came to meet with me, we like decided and they were saying that my, my style is kind of 70s starlet, which I actually feel like nail on the head. Mm -hmm. Totally. I like things that are like glamorous, but also mid century. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And my favorite, like my favorite home style and like home decor is like a very worldly feeling and not in the way that like mom and dad think we're all worldly. <laughs> like, like She's of the world, people. Yeah. Of, the, of this world. She's really of the world and in it. So I really like things to look like well-traveled. Mm-hmm. Well, travel. Like you like texture. Like texture to me is better than a print any day of the week. So, like you like international accents. You like a globe. Tell us what this means. No, I just feel like the best. Okay, my favorite interior designer is Pearson Ward, and if you follow them or have seen them on Instagram, I just want like things that are just like a little bit like heavy and deep. Mm-hmm. and okay. rich and textured and like a slippery yeah. experience. 
Yeah. Kind of like I like my clothes. Like I'll, I'm just as down on a flowy love shack fancy dress as I am like something that's like broody and gothic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Broody and gothic. I love it. Their stuff is beautiful. I'm just looking at it right now yeah, and it's really it's really interesting and textured. Interesting to me. And I feel like that's like my trigger word for my clothes. For yeah. My house. I want interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't care and I don't think you have to fit a vibe or aesthetic. But if you're not dressing to be interesting, what the point? Yeah. For sure. I think, Courtney, can I interest you in a home with white marble, copper accents, and pink peonies? Is that something? <laughs> I think that is like such an interesting look that would be oh, amazing. And maybe like some you. rose gold knobs. Oh my God. Yeah. If somebody handed the keys to me, the house to me, I'd probably love it and be obsessed <laughs> with it. But that's one of the benefits of not being super rich is that you can move into a house and it's like pretty cool and okay, but you get to like tell yourself to be like, if I designed this, it'd be totally cooler. <laughs> I know. That's like the funny thing about bragging on anyone with a perfect house is like, that's literally what everyone says. It's pretty, but it's not my taste. Meanwhile, they're living in a place that's like basically hideous. Totally. There's so many of these like incredible, like exquisite houses that people are just like, oh, that's boring. Oh my gosh, I would never do that. Like when like the reality is my house is not nearly as stunning or spectacular as like some of the houses that people criticize. For sure. It's just the easiest way to take a shot at something you're kind of jealous of. Totally. You're like, oh, classic, all white kitchen. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Ugh, stainless steel, new appliances. How basic. I had brown granite at my last house. Thank goodness. Well, oh. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. Truth yeah, I, that's, that's like a bedroom, big okay? alert well, to me. Let's just call what? it. I rent a bedroom. <laughs> you are great. Truthfully, that's like the major allure to me of moving to Puerto Rico. It's like I'm finally going to live in an apartment that doesn't have Tuscan granite. Because like, all right, I'll move across the world if I can get away from this like early 2000s, like Orange County, Italy vibe. Yeah, right. it is fun. Oh my gosh, like, it's such an Orange County. It is fun to like finally be... We just bought our house a few months ago. We sold the house a while ago and then we ended up finding a rental we thought would be a longer term and then they needed us out. So then we rented another house and we finally are settled. And there is something very nice that I didn't think it would take me until my like 30s to realize like the true joy of being able to like make things the way you want them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So and I, it's not it's like something that like it's like a car when you don't get a car until you're 21 you really appreciate it speaking of cars courtney someone said baby number four on the way i don't drive i know you don't drive a minivan how do you transport those kids oh my gosh it's pretty crowded in my volvo i don't know why the smaller the child the more space they take up in your car but four car seats in my volvo is a tight squeeze and why <laughs> weekly weekly complain about how it's too small and he wants me to get a different car he wants me to get a specifically a minivan which nothing gets minivans but i'm just love my volvo <laughs> true, true oh my gosh this makes me look bad she has a really pretty silver xc90 volvo that looks like it's out of a ralph lauren ad and it has like gorgeous camel interior and, i love yeah, that car. hey if you take a selfie in that car you look like a million times richer. There is something about the lighting in that car that is off the charts. Like that golden butterscotch leather sold me. When this is how we got the car was that Wyatt and I were, we took the kids to an overnighter at the Grand America, which of course Wyatt didn't want to do. I'm sure I had to just beg him to do the overnighter at the Grand America. 
And then we went on a walk to get dinner and the bowling oh ship is right next door to the Grand America. And I walked past my car. I kid you not. I talked about nothing else but that car until I broke him down. And <laughs> I was just a dog with a bone. Like I was a dog with a bone, finally wore him down, ground him down to a stump. And he was just like, fine. And we drove up to the car dealership. We didn't even speak to each other in the car. In my heart, I was just like, this is right. This is right for you. This is how. This is right for your business? Is that what you said? No, I was just thinking like, he was so mad at me. I could tell that, and he didn't want to get it. This is terrible. This story makes me look terrible. I mean, everyone has this. I just had it with Kagan in Puerto Rico and apartment shopping. Like, Sometimes you really have yeah. to go for the gold, baby. Totally. And I'm like not a person, especially at the time, I used to think we were living in like the house Wyatt, Wyatt owned that like he had owned since he was like at 20 or something. It was a tiny, basically a shack and not redone, not nice. And I just really wanted this car. And he, ladies, just don't let it go. That's my advice. <laughs> Make him miserable. <laughs> In the pursuit of your dreams. Make his life a living hell until you get what you want. And honestly, it's a really safe car and I love it. It has, yeah, whatever. This doesn't need to turn into a Volvo ad, although I'm open to sponsorships. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Volvo obsessed. I don't think I'll drive any other car besides a Volvo. I heard they're coming out with an XC100. That will be my next car. Don't you want to be a Model X mom? A Model X? Like a Tesla Model X. Tesla? I do love Tesla. I think Wyatt wants the Tesla truck eventually. But I'm a Volvo girl. I like that. I just think, how does Wyatt not understand at this point, 11 years into your marriage, four children, that you're a form over function kind of woman? Duh. Like, you're never going to be driving the minivan in your Isabel Morant or your Ula Johnson. It's just not going to happen. It's not happening, Diane. All right, Courtney, let's just try to get to lightning round of questions. Let's try to get as much out of the way as possible because we got a ton. Okay, I'm here. How old are you? 33. Excellent. What position do you prefer the most in your marital relations? Uh, (laughs) Is this a real question? Um, No. Snoozing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Little spoon. Okay, what's your relationship like with your oldest sister? Oh my gosh, Ashley. Does Ashley even listen to this? No, no. she does not. It's really uninteresting because we're trying to work on a present for our mom for her 60th birthday. And Ashley has been a freaking stick in the mud, but I do love her. Ashley, we all have an excellent relationship with. And I'm not just saying that we, I think there's zero tension. We are obsessed yeah. with our older sister. She's just not a social media person. She's absolutely the brightest, funniest person in our family. She is. Ashley's the one that if she started a YouTube channel, a podcast, anything, she would have not a following, a cult following. I think we should yeah. describe her. She is what, 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, I think she's 6'1". No, she's – okay. I'll just say she's 6'1". She's 6'1". She's probably 130 pounds. Yep. And looks like a f- fairy. She's 36 at this point, and her face has an age past 20. Uh-huh. Yeah. Her skin looks like it's made out from poreless milk. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's indescribable. She has Asian porcelain skin and she has hair down to her waist that is thick at the bottom. Yeah. It's as thick at the bottom as it is coming out of the hair, out of the actual follicles on her head. And when she speaks, 
she iterates such complex ideas at such a rapid fire rate. She's just so smart. She's and extremely articulate. She's above our yes. all of our pay grade. She is. Yeah. The world doesn't deserve her and she knows that and she doesn't give herself to the world. So. She only gives herself to her sweet puppy. Yes. yes, exactly. Okay. Views on the LDS church. This should be quick. Views on the LDS church. I think that... A lot of people that are really close to me, it's extremely important to, and I'm happy about it as far as it makes them really happy. It's all about what she's not saying, folks. Okay. If you had to pick one facial treatment, what would it be? IPL, Botox? I want to try the clear and brilliant laser. Okay. But if you had to pick one that you've already done, like what's been the most effective? You haven't really done anything. Oh, I've done laser hair removal. I love that. No, like you've done Botox. We've talked about oh, that on the podcast. I've had Botox. I love Botox. I will always have Botox in my forehead. Mm-hmm. And as far as fillers go, I have tried under eye filler. That's the only place I've ever had filler. And it, I felt like it looked good a lot of the time. And there were also a few pictures of myself where it was a little lumpy under my eyes, which horrified me. So I haven't done it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I follow Beauty Broker Official. I always recommend her. And she's basically like the master of all things plastic surgery, injections, everything. And she's very anti-filler. What does she suggest then? Just skincare? She suggests skincare and surgery. I actually think... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, she just says that surgery is always a cheaper option in the long run and a much more safe and effective option. And she says Mm -hmm. lots of fillers, it creates a big problems down the road. Oh, interesting. And like fillers actually don't go away. They stay in your, they stay for like a decade. And that's why some people who get a ton of fillers, their face starts to look really big. It's because Mm -hmm. you just have to keep injecting more and more as the filler migrates to other parts of your face. And anyway, yeah, she's big on the actual get a facelift, get a mini lift, get a, get like lasers, do good skincare. I have, honestly, I've said this, I've used this joke before, but like my band name would be Dark Circle Concealer because it's just something that's, I think mom took me to the Mac store at maybe 12 to get something from the Dark Circles. They've just always been terrible. The best thing for my dark circles, better than under eye filler, has been LED lights. Okay, that's why I need the light. Okay, I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. Send me the link. I will. Yeah, I need it too. Okay. Does your husband dress as well as you do? I'll let you guys answer that. That would be a no. <laughs> he, he was wearing a Four Seasons Total Landscaping shirt for most of yesterday, so. Yeah, that was my friend Aaron, friend of the podcast. Wyatt it's dresses. actually an iconic shirt, to be quite honest. I might steal TBH, it. in my opinion, why it dresses like as good as any straight man should dress. I don't want my husband to be like, just like he just stepped out of GQ. Right. I'm not interested in a guy who looks like he's just fresh out of Express. Yeah. Why he cares about clothes the perfect thing out for me. Totally. He always looks great, but he's definitely not outshining. He always I think that's the most important thing in a, like male dressing to me is like, do you look clean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. What services do you hire out? Cleaning, childcare, cooking. I have the most wonderful help. Her name is Floor and she's almost a second mother to my twins. And she's like a second mother to me. And she comes four days a week. Yeah. She's amazing. Not all day, but she comes for a little, like a little chunk of time, four days a week. We love Floor. She's the best. Even with her coming four days a week though, it doesn't feel like in any way, shape or form you have a nanny. No, my life is unbelievably nonstop right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
If Wyatt worked full time outside of the home, you could not do your Instagram. No. I would say Wyatt is like your secret sauce because he's such an active parent. Totally. Yeah. There's something about twins. Like one adult can take care of one baby, no problem. Two babies. Am I wrong here, you guys? No. Two babies requires three adults. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's actually crazy. It's Even just really trying to put them down for a nap the other day, like wrangling two of them, bottles, changing them. Mm-hmm. I it was stressful and I was sweating and it was like the first time I'd ever done it. Yeah. There's something about the, about like the combination of the two that like, well, I think you can just never actually sit still or have Mm -hmm. a moment to yourself. One of them always needs something or you're constantly trying to like keep them from falling off something. Like they're never just really content. Like they're great babies, but they're never just, just going to do their own thing and you can just do something else. No. Absolutely. I read somewhere that each child is 500 action items a day. Oh my gosh. So when you have four kids, it's 2,000 action items a day to take care of your children. And then you have Lewis coming up to you saying, can you make me a vanilla steamer? Oh, totally. (laughs) Like I'm his aunt barista. I got in. I took them to school today. We get into the car and it's a full scale meltdown from James because Lewis is sitting in the front seat. And I just was like, I even just taking two of them to school is a journey. So anyway, you guys are doing heaven's work because truly really, we love them so much. Everything is a journey. Okay. Last question for today. Courtney, what's going on with your wedding ring? Do you ever wear it? Do you even love your are husband? Are you married? I, as you guys full well know, there's always that phrase in like the dating scene of like X minus one of just, you always want to like be the person who's like the minus one who like has the amount of love that's minus one of the other person for you. I failed completely at that. I am completely like you love them. You love more than why loves you. I love Wyatt more than he loves me. So I think I feel comfortable in this arrangement because my, I just hate rings. I hate them. I hate them. My fingers swell. If I work out, it just drives me crazy, especially when I'm pregnant and I just really got out of the habit of wearing it. Yep. And I am obsessed with my husband. There's no marriage. I, I literally witnessed. I w- literally witnessed a fight where you said, "Why don't you post about me more on Instagram?" Does a girl who is looking to to step out say that? No, you are very clearly taken. I think that I can speak to this. My right hand actually swells very much during the day intermittently and it's, it's swollen right now, but my left hand doesn't. And that's the only reason I can wear my engagement ring and not, if my, I had to wear my engagement ring on my right hand, it would be game over. I wouldn't because it's so frustrating. And jewelry, taking care of kids is so completely obnoxious. Yeah. It, it really is like difficult to wear. Like they you mean rings. rings. Oh, you think any jewelry? Not every single piece of jewelry, but there's definitely like a hard element to taking care of kids with things that can scratch them or tug them on them. And yeah. So I feel fine about it. Why it doesn't care. I oh my, but what it does look like, it's three really beautiful bands. Yes. And he asked you in a sweet way. Didn't he ask you three times if, you, yeah, if you'll marry him? Oh, tender. I always think about that. It's yeah, so it's really beautiful. Courtney, that makes me feel better because I definitely think I love Kagan more than he loves me. And so that actually makes me feel better that you feel the same way about Wyatt. It works out. It all works out. Yeah. Sure did in your case. And I, fingers crossed in mine. All right, guys. On that note, shall we bid adieu? Yeah. Let's bid adieu. Okay. Who's going to go grocery shopping? 
Hell yeah. Let's go. That's all for us, folks. I'm wearing sweats. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pawpologists. And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley, and I'm Jennifer Chaikin, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.